Hey, yo, what it do? It's your boy, Rue, and I got a message for you. We here at Sofrito Speaks want to work for you. Yes, you heard me. I need another job. If you own a business, are an entrepreneur, or just simply want to get a message across, hit us up. We currently have an amazing promo package going on where you, yes, you, can buy ad space in the next episode. What? How? How much? Our prices range from $20 to $50. We create the ad for you, and you enjoy the benefits. Our main goal is to help out small businesses in our area. If this is something you're interested in, slide in our DMs or email us at sofritospeaks at gmail.com and let us know you want us to work for you. It's your girl, Nina Montañez. Hey, yo, what it do? It's your boy, Rue, and I'm coming for you. <laughs> Welcome back for your second serving. You can catch this every Thursday, bringing y'all your favorite Caldero Talk. Caldero Talk is the part of the show where we introduce you to any guest, if we have, which we do today, bring up our deep topic, and everyone chimes in to dissect and discuss Followed by Reposar. Reposar is how we close the episode, leaving you all with positive affirmations, shoutouts, and any announcements that we might need to make. With that being said, mi gente, let's begin. Caldero Talk. What it is, everybody? Welcome to your Thursday serving. We're just not going to ignore the fact that Ruben just took my whole intro. What it is. What it is. <laughs> it is Ruben and I'm here. Um, I'm very excited about today's episode. As you can see, we had a very healthy conversation on Tuesday with our Ay Benditos and our El Chisme and our beautiful guests who we have here with us. Mm. Today's episode will be based around education, specifically education in our city of yes. Lawrence, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, as we compare notes and as we talk to each other about you know experiences and what we can make better, what is worse, what's not mm. happening, what is happening. Right. And that's why we chose these two lovely ladies who are about to introduce themselves mm-hmm. and let you y'all know all the goodiness that they've been up to their whole entire lives or whatever <laughs> so go ahead ladies take the mic and let them all know who you is what you do and got da 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 my name is Janaris. okay um i am a spoken word artist and i think i am becoming more of a person that believes in um healing our generational curses mm. so I don't know how that's playing into my purpose. You but come to the right It's coming place. through. It's coming through. Okay, okay. Hi, I'm Julissa. Um, I am a teacher and I I'm a writer. I can I'm gonna start saying that. Yes, yes, yes. I am a writer. One hundred percent. Um and yeah, I do youth work here at high school. Yes, at the local high school, which is Lawrence High School. Yes. So what what subject do you teach? I teach English literature and currently I teach seniors. Okay, so, so she a writer writer. Got punctuation and grammar's on point. Okay. Not me. Okay. <laughs> and we both go to the Bradlow School of English in uh, Middlebury, Vermont. Oh, that's right. Jalissa right. will be graduating yeah. August of that's 2020. Right. Where is that again? That's Middlebury, Vermont or Ripton, Vermont is where our um campus is. Lit. But yeah, Middlebury College is like our primary holder, and then um, <laughs> you know our primary uh, yes, medication. Come through, <laughs> come through. Yeah. it's a uh, bread loaf. 
Ants over Breadloaf, right? So Ants over Breadloaf is its own entity. Okay. And then Breadloaf They in follow Vermont. Shout out to Breadloaf. They do. They shout do. out to Breadloaf. Damn. <laughs> so I actually also work for Breadloaf. I'm the network coordinator for network coordinator for Breadloaf. Yes, come through network coordinator. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll tell y'all a little bit about what's going on in our network um, later on after all the juice. Yes, I know you guys got some projects to plug, so we're super excited to hear all about that and hopefully mm. get some of our listeners. Y'all listening, y'all better be going to these events. Eww. These announcements, y'all better show on this love. Or taking your kids to these events because okay. Okay, okay. we know you need a break and we got you. I am so here. I am so here. So, this week's episode is about education. And we wanted to talk about education in our city and what it looks like for our kids. Because that's usually not a conversation that you really hear great positive things about in the news. If you look up Lawrence, it's usually so negative. Like, literally go to google.com slash You got the president saying that we the city of and the damned and this look is the opioid crisis is taking place. And there's shootings and there's everything, but there are things that are going on that really need to be spoken about. And I feel like education is one of those things. And y'all got to understand, we sitting here speaking on this subject. We are products of our environment, so it can yes, be done. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I felt like we needed to have this conversation. Um, I kind of want to uh, open up the conversation with a question, which was, how was how has the education system and the effects um, on youth changed since we were in those desks, since we were in those seats? How do you think that the education system now is different from when we were growing up or even, you know, our parents or our ancestors were growing up in Lawrence? How has things changed, in your opinion? Mm. I think what I've seen in, in my students is just like a total um, loss of just grounding themselves into something. Mm. When I was a student, I know I had all types of sports. I wasn't really into like after school clubs, but I know that people were into after school clubs and right. I would just see them. I would just see students following their interests where I see now is like. I'm in a school where there's 3,000 plus kids and I can easily tell, you know, there's athletes, you know, there's people that do little after school clubs, like I said, but there's still a huge amount of kids that do nothing. Mm. You know, and can we always, just go back and highlight uh, that she just said she's in a she works at a school that has three thousand plus mm. kids. Like, let that sit in for a little mm. bit. And let, understand, people, we Jalissa and I went to school together. We played ba- basketball together. Um, and when we were there, it was maybe two thousand. Like, yeah. and my graduating class for me was like six hundred mm-hmm. plus students. Mm-hmm. To see so that that's number, a, yeah, increase that's what I was about to wild. go into. Is that the fact that. There are 3,000 kids in attendance and on paper, but how many of these kids actually graduate? What is that? What does that look like? If you know, if you don't know, um, I'm pretty sure it's not. It's not. Is it is it like passing to get numbers? Because I remember when I was in school, it was like some of these kids. I I had classmates that were walking at graduation that I had not seen all fucking year, but because it was like let's just get them out of here because we don't want there to be an overpopulation within the school. And now some of those people aren't doing anything with their lives because they weren't put on the right track to succeed and holding them back. Um, it was almost the people thought back then it was holding somebody back. It was going to mess them up. But in all actuality, you didn't really set them up for success in moving them on when they weren't ready. Yeah, I think I don't know the exact numbers, um, to be honest with you, but I know that it's been an issue in the past, mm-hmm. and especially like when you think of like middle schools and the, the promotions. Right. And it's like doesn't matter what you do all these kids have a mindset of like i'm still gonna go on to the next you know right next grade um but for me right now it's like even pride in where you're graduating from 
Mm. I see it as an issue. I think before, like, we had all the gear, and the gear is still there, you know, Lancers, whatever, whatever, but you just don't have the community just yet. And that's school what I'm community trying community or school yeah. culture. Is that school pride, man. Yeah. We used to push so hard for it back in the day. I mean, we, again, this, our school was Lancer brand new. Pride. Yeah, Lancer like, our pride. school was brand new. It was, I think it was, like, $110 million to build because they had outgrown the old high school, so we went into the new one, and it's like, we couldn't put up any artwork. We couldn't... Um, so much of the tradition that was at the old Lawrence High School was lost because they wanted to keep this school looking pristine and all those things. And because we were split up to, into six different academies. So it looks more like a high a college campus, yeah, it's if you will. Six different buildings, yeah. right? Six different buildings you have. At the time, it was humanities, leadership and development, health and human services, business management and finance, performing and fine arts, international, and then you had MST, which was math, science, and technology, um, and everybody wore a different color. We were in uniforms. It was khaki pants, black shoes, black Do they still wear uniforms? They do. Okay. Yes. I don't, are they still, still colors? Are they like navy blue and white? It's an, oh, Do we look like middle schools I now? think they have yeah. navy blue shirts or white mm. shirts. So they with, now it's like lower school, upper school. Lower so school, it looks school, like right. a regular high school now in terms of like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Whereas when we were in school back in, when did I start? I think it was in 2007 when I started. I graduated in 2011. It was very, it was almost like segregated. Like mm-hmm. people started throwing up gang signs like, who you repping? I'm in HHS. <laughs> BMF, it was like nine seven eight click block. You know, it was yeah. all that bullshit. Every it, it became one of those things, and like the only time we were ever united was at sporting events because across all pep the schools, rallies. Yeah. pep rallies across the schools. That's where everybody pep rally. Pep rallies were lit. It was lit. You had the group in the back with the Pepper. fucking with the drums and oh the guido, God, and everybody guido. was yeah. like, "It was a very Whoa. Latino event, yes. which I love. It was I amazing, loved. amazing. But like that was the only time that you felt the school pride because everybody had to wear a different color and like. I also think that, that when the school had first opened, if I mean, I, I remember like within the first week, there was already negative media headlines, which already put a damper on the pride mm-hmm. of the school, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, people, people were right away to be like, you know, a pro- I remember this article coming out talking about how a projector broke and how the kids broke a wall or in a sporting event. like, And it was just like, this is normal tear, wear and tear that happens in, right. you know, in these buildings. But because it's Lawrence and because they got the most expensive yeah. school. And they, they were really telling us that we didn't deserve it. Yeah. Those articles themselves were like, yeah. who, who, who Shout out Lawrence? Eagle Tribune. Right. Shout out Valley Patriot. Right. But who, the thing is, is that you, you can go a lot deeper than that. You can't say that a group of students don't deserve this brand new school. Look at who you're hiring. Like there's no rep, there was no representation. Like no, I, I don't even think our Spanish teachers were Hispanic. <laughs> like what type right. of shit is that? Well, Not to say that they can't teach changed. the language, the but it's changed, like there was so since young we're groomed to hear all this negativity about where we're going in life. Like the way teachers spoke to us back in the day, if these motherfuckers mm-hmm. got a world star, they wouldn't have a career today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but sometimes. It kind of sucks because a lot of teachers that told me the shit that I needed to hear, I have mad respect. For, I have mad respect for, and that's not the case anymore. Kids will be like, "Oh, you said what? I'm gonna tell my mama. I'm going to the principal. I'm gonna record." They're looking it. for and their they, come up from it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like? Do you deal with any of that negative feedback when you're giving, like, when you're reprimanding a child or something? Um, to be honest with you, it like rarely happens to me. I have like a really good relationship with them, mm. so we don't really get into those high altercations. And if so, we did. I like. Not, I don't laugh it off, but I'm like, okay, you are a child. Like, yes, this is not happening. Yeah. Like, you know, take your space, I'll take my space, and then we'll come back to it. But I've seen people get into it, and it's been very ugly. And even, I, I feel like, for like going back to the question, I feel like 
for me, even that's different. The way you, you just explain your approach towards it. Because I remember being in those desks at the old Lawrence High School. And I remember a teacher who I will never forget made me feel like absolute shit in front of all those kids. Mm. And, you know, uh, he was a white man. And one day he just told me to stand up. And he was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to be a dancer. And he was like, well, have you ever been on a fucking stage? Oh and I literally just stood there and I was like... No, at the time I hadn't been on a stage. I just wanted to be a dancer. It was freshman year. And he was like, well, let me tell you something right now. You're never going to be a dancer. And I feel like for so long, I've always remembered his face and those words that he yeah. said. Like, I would go to auditions and his face would come in my mind. Yeah, PDSD like, for real. Just like, yeah. just like that mentality, the way you just went about it, like having that close relationship, I can never really say I had something like that with the teacher of mine. Yeah, but that school. lit a fire under your ass to go it into did. auditions and to end up performing on but stages. It also took whereas a... other students, they might be like, okay, well, they're but that But I feel like we... I feel like at the time we needed to understand what we're understanding now, which is different people receive messages differently. Mm -hmm. So we can't expect everybody to be like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, it's going to light a fire on them. You know what I'm saying? Like right, it, right, it right, really right. did. I was in the middle of a depression. I was a teenager. I was dealing with depression, not knowing what depression was, mm -hmm. but I was dealing with depression. I went to his class every day and I slept because that's what you do when you're depressed. Well, that's what I do when I'm depressed. Yeah. If you notice that I'm sleeping a lot. I'm not, not feeling good too thing. good. Yeah. So uh, literally every day it was just that. And then that, that one day he had just snapped and it was like, yo, you're coming in here not doing jack shit. I'm going to literally embarrass the shit out of you. Yeah. And I was just like, like now as an adult, I'm like, I would never speak to a, a kid of mine, a child of mine and be like, you're never going to be shit. I would tell him like, you know, if you don't work hard, right? you yeah. know, I would give him like, this is what you need to do. If you don't do this, you're not going to get there. But I would never, and I even that I'm hesitant with because it doesn't work the same way for every person. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe for me, I needed to work hard, but maybe for you, you're a natural mover. So you know what? For you, it's not a hard work. For you, you have something else that you have to work hard at. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't understand that. So it's understanding that difference that we didn't have back then, which I feel like a lot of us needed because that's what we're dealing with now is right. healing those wounds that we dealt with with our teachers, you know? Yeah. And I think one thing that I, that the youth need to um, appreciate nowadays is that they actually do have some type of representation. Because I can come in and do a presentation about Prello for, like, this really cool event that's happening at this place and give it to them in their language. Yeah. I don't think I had that when I was young. No. I had to be like, all right, what is this white lady saying? You better say <laughs> that. I, I got that. It's you already be at this rolling time. your eyes and they're like, at what this she time, say to me? Like, what? <laughs> and it's happening three times this month. All right, white lady. You said that. That was complicated. And, you know, and remember when, when at, the, at that time, like, the very big thing was, you know, you should know English. Mm. You shouldn't Ooh. be speaking Spanish. I was put into a bilingual classroom from from kindergarten to fifth grade. That's six years of my life in bilingual classroom. And it wasn't even that I was... Comp like, I guess back then it should have been called an IRP, an individual... What's it called? Individual... IEP? IEP. IEP. Individual Education Plan? Individual Education Plan. It should have been called that. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was... I'm going to put you in um, this bilingual classroom because you have problems reading. So you yeah. clearly don't understand the language when it's yeah. like, I can speak English better than your granddaughter. So it's not that I don't know English. It's that I need to learn how to read and you need to teach me in a certain way. And then obviously I've surpassed it. I surpassed it. The passion is there. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear it. You can and hear it. To the point that I surpassed it in like after college educated little kids on like, like um, ELL 
or that there's so many like acronyms now to yeah, email. right. <laughs> now we have to be Before super it was aware PLA, of <laughs> like, English language arts. That's now, all I had to worry right, about. Right now it's English le- or language. English is a second language. English English uh, English language learning. Um, and for me, it was a passion because I'm like, oh my god, I remember when I was in these classes. Yeah. And I would be the girl that knew English, so I helped my little my little friend from DR that just came through, and yeah. like, this is how you say this. This is how you do that. And but, it's crazy though, because like when you put like I, I like thinking back, like all the kids that had to go to like their like special classes for um, whatever reason, and they were all the ones that graduated at 16, 17 years old because they were they were retaining mm-hmm. the information a lot faster because to them they come to this country and it's like education is so important. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're American, it's like oh well it's a thing that I have to do. Right. It's not like a. a uh, you're fighting for survival. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you can get your family out of poverty and things like that. Like, there was, like, this... There was deeper more... Meaning. There was deep... There was a whole... A deeper meaning behind coming to this country and getting an education, whereas... Like, me, I just showed up to school every day and did what I had to do because I, that's what I was told. Mm-hmm. But my peers were graduating at 16 years old. I didn't graduate until I was 18 because that's, like, the track that you were on yeah. in the States, whereas mm-hmm. these people were surpassing and taking all these extracurricular right. classes and doing all these college prep things that I wasn't doing. And it's just, like the negative connotation that comes from comes with being an immigrant and how Americans just throw you in a classroom because, oh, you're not comprehending it because of X, Y, and Z, yep. but now they're surpassing us. And then once you do comprehend it, they, they, they call it the mainstream classroom. That we're going to put you in a classroom that will cater to your needs, that will challenge you in a way that will, you know, help you with your growth and your language learning and your math, you know, development right. and your science development. And then the moment that you start getting awards, now they want to claim you. Mm-hmm. When before they was trying to put you in the back, let's Ooh. go. Now they want to bring you to the light to they be woke. like, they're one of ours. They're one of ours. But that wasn't the same energy you had when I first pulled up. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Look at what we do here. Look at what we offer. Look at how this person made it out of right. X, Y, and Z and paint this ghetto ass light. When you've been shining, baby. Right. They were trying to dim your shine. You know what I mean, <laughs> has that? Has that? Uh, changed much within the schools now? I think, yeah, I think a a lot, actually. We have um, a very beautiful program for um, newcomers, but the only thing that I have to say on that, in so many levels, it has changed. Like, it's Mm -hmm. amazing what they do with English language learners now and um, coming new to the country, too. But I will say that I, you know, doing MCAS retests and things like that, I have seen situations where people are new to the school that same day or even new to the, you know, new to the, to the country, to the environment, that same day, and be placed in those in those testing environments. And I'm like, damn, this is your first day in school, you know. So I've seen right. that happening. But um, I will say that it's definitely a lot better than before. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, culture, yeah, culture wise, like you know, it's one thing to be a high school student taking classes, but it's another thing to be you know coming from a new um, you know country, being a high school student and having to deal with the environment of the school. Like, for example, let's talk about the word hick. Oh. You know? So that word right there, I mean, when I was growing up, that was was a word that I, myself, am guilty of using. Um, I feel like there was a group of us who were just like the hip-hop kids, right. how I would say now. The American we were just the American kids, and when yep. we would see the, 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 the hick kids, we'd be like, oh, those are the hicks. They're cool. And now as an adult, I'm like... For those of you who don't know, if you are not of, you know, you're not down with the brown, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hick might, to you might be somebody from East Bumfuck, Alabama. Hicks to us is like straight, straight off, the off the island, straight off the boat. Hicks or Spicks. 
Yeah. We used to use word the word spix a lot too. You don't yeah. use it a lot. Spix no. is but hicks, hicks is still yeah, and going strong. Now as an adult, I'm just like I would never I don't I would never use it now. I hick to me is is like it's how she said. Like it's not the, well like you said, like the white country redneck, that's a hick to yeah. me now. It's mm-hmm. not my own kind and now mm-hmm. I'm realizing like wait we're we're here. We're even, together. Even back in the day they were like, Oh, you you're in the ELL class, you're in the class with all the hicks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You're in the class with Well I T International was like right. oh, she the was hicks. And the they used to like do the, redo the abbreviation of like I need transportation, I need translation. Like there was so many like oh my God. negative stigmas that came oh, to and so like, people if you you were in a blue shirt because that was the color that they wore, it was uh, a light blue, like, light, a sky yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah. Like you oh you go to the hick school and there was like never anything good that was coming out of that but like yo low key they, were they went on mad trips yo if i can switch i'd be I in today yep, i think they went to europe one year yep. like they did things because their teachers were like okay we international we about to be international, international. right <laughs> absolutely um, so i kind of want to move on to the next question mm-hmm. which is what you know i and this kind of touches on the first the first question but what does education look like to you today um you know knowing everything that you've been through in going to school in your experiences what does it look like to you today what do you what do you see in the high school that a lot of people are not seeing that are not understanding yeah so i think i'll start with the bad first right everyone wants to hear the good but I'll give you the bad first. What I see is right now we don't have a diversity in classes. You know, you have some students that unfortunately they get placed in one elective and they have to stay in that elective all year. And that's sad because, you know, you're not going to have a really happy student. They're not going to be engaged. And part of that has to go into overpopulation as well. Yeah. So So sometimes you're in, 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 in an elective that you may not have chosen, but that's the only elected that had space for you. So you now you have to be mm, a part of it. Right. And then you have some students, um, I know in the lower grades, where they're taking two uh, ELA classes, two math classes, two science classes. Like, that's a lot. Um, and not having any room to experiment. To really yeah, understand know. or let it comprehend, let it sit in. Right. Um, and I think that for, for me now as a young teacher, I think there's a really, it's a really good time to experiment. But also to just create more classes that people can kind of like, you know, just relate to. Like I'm doing, I'm trying to, you know, create this class on spoken word poetry mm. and poetry and performance. And just because that's one of my strengths that I'm realizing like right now through this club that I created this year. But um, hopefully it, it can be done, you know, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm trying to get something started, but yeah. um, I don't know if it's within the school. Thing. Yeah, within, within the, the school. Yeah. Which I feel like is good because. Um, I don't know the demo- like the demographic that you teach. If you teach like uh, kids who only speak Spanish or whatever the case may be, but a lot of these kids don't even know that those spaces exist. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I remember myself being in high school and not even knowing that there was dance groups here, and not even knowing that dance was an option in this city. Dance was always to me something like, oh, I have to go to Juilliard or I have to move to New York. I can never mm-hmm. do dancing here. There's no dance, so I never I never had somebody that came up and was like, hey. There's a dance club here. Join the dance club. Or, hey, go to Movement City and join this. Or, hey, you know what I'm saying? Or it's like you have to pick one. Like, there's, like, things run at the same time as others. Like, I wanted so badly to be in Girls Ensemble because I loved to sing at the time. Um, I still love to sing. Um, I was in Girls Ensemble. I wanted to be in it so bad, but, like, I remember auditioning. Okay, voice. 
I want I remember, Alto. Okay. <laughs> I remember auditioning and then being like, well, don't you play sports? And it's like, well, we practice at the same time that you have basketball yep. practice. And it was like, you're going to have to choose one. And I was like, I've been playing ball my whole life. Yep. I've also Absolutely. been singing my whole life. But to be honest, I do a lot better in front of a crowd with a ball in my hand than I do singing. So I'm going to lean on one on this side real quick. And it sucks that you have to choose. Exactly. So it's like, it but I feel so... like it teaches you, though, like to, to have to choose. It oh, teaches yeah. you like what, it, what are our priorities to you? What do right. you want to do? Yeah. Um, but as but long as you, yeah. But as long as you have those um, choices, like every single year, you know, where it's not like you made a de- definitive like choice and you cannot switch out anymore. And I think that's what's happening to a lot of the kids now, mm-hmm. and it just shows in the engagement factor because there there are so many students on campuses. And I I said three thousand plus, but you gotta understand that there's separate different like academies, yeah. right, 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 yeah. To that, so there's a lot of division, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like if I'm putting on an event, I I know that there's a good like. 700 kids that don't know what the hell I'm doing because even though I blasted out I have awkward lunch announcements where I get up like super freaking oh awkward <laughs> I see those on Instagram and I'm like hey uh, you know open mic this this and that Wednesday come through ¿Qué ella? yeah no, no oh my god so I'm like I have to translate on fine I'm like okay noche de poesia that's how we do it okay let's do that and then I make my announcement but you know it's so hard because where are they getting this information and sometimes, okay, you could do advisory, but you know, you've been to an advisory. I've been on advisories. Mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. really just want to check out. You know, you're tired. And I feel like being an educator these days, like, you need to have the patience of, like, mind over matter always, right? Like, you are going to come into a space where kids are going to look at you awkwardly. They're going to be bored. They're going to be like, or they're going to sh- act up to see how you react. Or, like, and you really just have to overpower that. Like, all right, I'm going to come in. I'm going to say the information. I'm going to amp it up. I'm trying to be. Like Live that scene and in, in, insecure, like, like, right? Like that scene, and that's my life. That is my whole life. I'm like, all right, y'all, this is this and that, and they're just like, <laughs> why your hair like that, Miss? What's why going on? Like why are you, you wearing those man? boots? He you got like a man like that. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, Miss, what's your Instagram? All right, all right, everyone, follow Ando Morello. It's the worst though because like right now the, the, the age group that I work with like I'm friends I'm the same age as the parents mm-hmm. so it's like I saw you on my mom's Instagram and I'm like fuck now I gotta right. go and follow your moms Right. I gotta block them because I yeah, these kids can't be trusted. They too fucking small. And then how do you get a Google number? This is why I got a Google number because everybody and their mothers sees me on on the WhatsApp that I have. I do little statuses now. I'm not on social media, but I do those little cute statuses, and they see that now, and I'm like, ugh. And I feel like when you're like a cool urban like, um, you know, professional of this day and age. How do you balance, like, trying to be really dope and really awesome and really real and trying to say that effort a few times so, like, people know you're real? Right. But then also, like, I really can't say that in front of the kids. So how do I switch up? I, I, but how do I keep I two different, like, profiles? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. City, like, I, I, I work with teenage girls, and I like to keep it real. And I, right. tell, uh, like, I tell my boss, I tell everyone, like, I like to just keep it as real as I can with them. But I do constantly remind them, like, hey, I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. I work here. Mm-hmm. so whatever you tell me you know Man, that I have to report it mm-hmm. so you know it, sometimes they'll come up to me like yo can I tell you something and I'm like just know that if it's iffy or fishy I gotta report it girl it's, it's my job mm-hmm. they're like nah nah it's cool and then they'll tell me and they have that trust in me even though I still report it 
I still have to report it, but I just try to make it so that it's not like, you can't tell me nothing. You can't trust me. Because right. a, a lot of the times, kids don't really have that person mm. in their life. They don't have that And that's parent. tough, too. And I've learned that oh. through through Movement City. Like, um, Elvis has always like put that in our head. Like, you know, you may be the first person that they see that they can feel that trust with, that they can mm-hmm. feel like, understand, think about it at home, everybody probably speaks Spanish and this child is growing up in America where they're speaking English. So there mm-hmm. is that disconnect already, boom. Then they're going through issues that their parents can never understand because mm-hmm. their parents grew up in DR, they grew up here. There's already a culture disconnect. Mm-hmm. So like, he's like, you know, just try to understand that, but just always remind them like, you know, it is my job. I have to facilitate, right. I have to, if it's something serious, I have to say it. And they'll, you know, they, they tell me or they don't tell me. And if right. they don't tell me, then it's cool. But I always just let them know I'm still here for you, you know, but I still have to do my job at right. the end of the day. Absolutely. Down right. to social media, down to everything. Like, mm-hmm. I have a group chat with my girl, with my teen dancers. I have, uh, you know, obviously I have Elvis tagged to it. And I told them, like, yo, for safety precautions, you're the other, only, you're the other adult in the situation. Mm-hmm. So you can see what we're talking about. And they were like, you know, why'd you tag him? And I told them, I'm like, you guys have to remember that I'm not just your choreographer. I work here. Right. My right. job is on the line. Mm-hmm. And your so, safety comes first. I'm like, and I have to all. take Especially being a man, that's my big female group. So I'm such a thing about that. Like, don't hug me. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. pound it, pound pound it. it. (laughs) You know, don't. Mm -hmm. Like, a kid came up to me at the Y the other day and was, oh, a kid came up to me and was like, um, they they gave me a hug and I was just like, oh, we don't do that. No, Mm -hmm. pound. I'm like coronavirus, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Stay safe out here. Wash your hands after this. You never know. Uh, go ahead, finish out what you were saying about the education and how it's changed. Yeah, I think another thing that's happening is that I just feel like in terms of grabbing their attention to the subject and to the material, everything outside, like the social media and sure. just like the current events, for me, I'm just like, how is it that TikTok is like so powerful right now, but I can't, you know, I don't see you guys tuning into these social issues that we have going on here. And, mm. and and so here's where I'm going to meet you. Because I feel like with TikTok and in apps like Instagram, a lot of parents, are their way of parenting is sticking an iPad in front of their child, yep. mm. sticking in a tablet. So all they're used to, by the time they get to high school, is applications. All they're used to is recording. All they're used to is following the hype. or da-da-da. And then their friends start talking. So it's just constantly around this phone, this media device. Mm-hmm. So their parents, it starts in the home for me. This is yeah. my opinion. I'm, right. not a, I'm not a professional, mm-hmm. but this is my opinion. I feel like it starts at home. Like, Do your parents have conversations with you about social issues? Mm-hmm. Like my mother, when things would happen in the city, she would sit us down and she would be straight up with us. Like, this is what happened. You know, this kid died because he was in a gang. These are the facts. Da, 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 da. You know, talk to me. Do you feel like you're peer pressure to be in a gang? And me and my brother, my brother five years old, I'm 10 years old, and we're just having a full conversation. Like, no, there's no gangs that we notice. But there was an adult. <laughs> there was an adult in the house who was just like, so in tune with what's going on and was like, let me have this conversation with my kids so that they understand exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, Nowadays, uh, there's like there's that disconnect again. Mm-hmm. There we go back to that because a lot of parents are just like, or parents oh. are passing off that conversation to the older siblings to have it with the younger siblings. And then there's that generational disconnect. Like there's a yeah. lot of or disconnects s- happening. Or someone's telling you Google it. Mm. 
and where there's Everything like, is okay, online, I totally. have to Everything's figure it out on my own. You're taking, away, you're taking away the human aspect of like a conversation that can actually be had and feelings that I, can be felt. You know so I, I want to give a shout out to the Weatherby. The Weatherby has a really good system set up where the kids have to come to our enrichment program and they mm-hmm. cannot bring their media device. Oh, wow. So they have to have it in the back. And the teacher the teacher actually goes around. And these kids at the Weatherby are so well-behaved, I was shocked. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I teach the Weatherby and I teach them. the Arlington. Yeah, yeah. So the Arlington, you can tell the difference. And the Weatherby are just like, they came in and they're like, yo, we want to dance. We want <laughs> we want to well, learn dancing. You know, and I'll be like, oh, we're having free time today. Kids are popping. Like, we don't want to have free time. And I'm like, all yeah. right, cool. And the thing is that the Weatherby gave those kids the chance to select a dance class. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the Arlington, who was like, okay, 25 of you girls are going to take dance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so when I get those girls, they're like, I don't want to dance. I don't like dancing. Right. But because everything else was yeah. full, 25 girls automatically just came to me. And I, oh, yeah. So it's kind of like... it's so hard, like, working with kids that are not engaged. So I work as, like, a spoken word artist, and I've done my own curriculum on, like, literacy through hip-hop. So I've got, I got, like... Which the, I love. Yeah, like, like, the whole <laughs> hip-hop culture, how can we make that it That was into, originally the episode that I wanted to do. Like, yeah. talking about edu- how education in hip-hop in our city... Well, we can do that. We can definitely do so, that. So future episode, future episode. episode. Manifest it, manifest it. <laughs> you know so I created that in Chelsea, Massachusetts because I had this amazing friend who got this bomb job and I was like, mm, we best friends from college so you already know she yeah. got me. She's like, create a curriculum and I got you. Like, create a curriculum, come up with a plan where you can introduce it to the team and I got you. So I was like, hey team, if anyone knows anything about bringing hip-hop into the curriculum, it's the spoken artist right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it was t- it was difficult because I brought it to the team and the whole team was like, it's not going to work. These kids are not going to like it. These kids are not going to like but it. You'd be surprised. Yeah, but it's crazy how when something is different and goes against the social norm, how quickly people are to be like, that's not it. Yep. But then it yeah. ends up being the number one thing that You'd these kids wanted. And maybe it wasn't the number one thing because the number one thing was definitely basketball and they got that, right? Cool. Basketball culture, how can we incorporate that into our curriculum? curriculum how can we make sure that these kids are getting the most out of social media out of media coverage out of what they're reading in their books out of what they already know and put it all together to be like all right i actually know something i can create things yeah. i can pass this yeah. damn mcas i can do this i can do that and then i have a goal for what i want to do when i grow up and that may have nothing to do with poetry but poetry got me here right mm. so it's di- it, it was difficult because the process was grinding it was like all right i have to be positive even if these kids like don't want to hear it they just want to put a little uzi vert on and i have to listen to it they just want to do all the little uzi vert got some hits though. he got some hits you know do i want now I do what I want. Hey. Now I do what I want. Now I do what I want. And so it was it was difficult because then hip hop was changing too. Yeah. And I was yeah. part of the era where it was like Kanye West, like up, Lupe, yeah. like Jay Z. Like it was all these people and I was like, This is what I'm used to. This is the hip hop that taught me language, that taught me all these things. Mm. And I'm trying to show y'all what that is, but they're like, Miss, this this whole generation just wants to turn up. So how could we, like, do that? <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, so you guys want to be lit in the classroom? How can I do that without alcohol or, like, anything? <laughs> Let's write out a math rap. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was so, but it's difficult. But it works. But the type oh. of grind, no. The type of grind that you have to go, and I know y'all know, because definitely working with youth is, it's like. It's hard. It's a, like you're really growing with them, and you're like, oh, oh you're not into TikTok no more? What, what's the next thing? What's going on? <laughs> I'm we're back on Snapchat. You're like, oh, I, 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 I just got the move, 
how to log any shit. Fuck, I forgot my password. Dead ass. All the time. So, it's difficult, but it's the best work that I've ever done. The most purposeful work that I've ever done. To see these kids graduate and be like, Miss... Thank God you didn't give up on me when I was a sophomore and I was mad stupid and I was like really into my ex and like all this other shit. Like, thank God that you were still consistent every single day, even though in my car I was crying. <laughs> yo, you <laughs> work the game. Like, I was just like, yo, yo why did that kid ignore me? Like, he always talks to me. <laughs> I feel right, right. Like, I, I, feel, I just hey, went through that this past week. Like, I just went through, like, the girls were mad at me, and I was like, oh my god, like, I'm here talking to Gabby. I'm like, girl, I don't know what to do. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna hold my ground. I'm gonna hold my ground because okay. at the end of the day, uh, I was right. You're not working hard. That's it. That's what we're doing. You know, and then we started talking and we talked about it. We talked our issues through, and it was like, oh, I feel like I'm friends again. Like we're friends again. But at the end of the day, I feel like they sometimes they need to have that leader in the space to be like, yo, I ain't playing with your shit. I ain't your mom. And this is not your potential. <laughs> like, and I'm not gonna act like it is. Please. Right. I'm not gonna act here and That's be like, you're doing great. You're behaving <laughs> and you're doing great. Okay, a, a child behaving is not him being, or her being on her phone, them being on their phone, fucking being quiet. You're you're silencing the, their voice, like right. what their potential, what it's, they have to bring to the world. Like, 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 you're talking in a high school setting, but I'm working, and for me personally, I'm working between the ages of five and 13, mm-hmm. and I feel like those are such crucial ages. Like, mm-hmm. they're still trying to figure out you know, how to voice their opinions. You know, my five-year-olds mm. are just now getting into the school setting mm. and learning how to be in a classroom and sit still and things like that. And it's like, how do we... And then I, there's, there's times where I'm going at it with parents because I'm trying to let them know, like, their, their child's behavior is not um, what is expected. But then it's like, am I trying... Like, I'm enforcing rules that aren't helping them maybe rules that I'm, I'm trying to enforce rules that are so outdated and, and i sit back in my office sometimes and i think like how am i how am i best utilizing my time with this child if this mm. child really cannot sit still and they need to move around what do i have them do okay let's have them help out with snacks so that they're still yeah. moving throughout right. whatever so like whatever energy that they have they need to they're get out you know out. but then it's like you have parents that when you're trying to have those conversations, it's like, well, at home they don't do this. At home mm-hmm. they don't do that. Because at home there's only one other fucking mm-hmm. kid with them. There's not 110 other kids right. with them. So that you get that energy. A lot of kids are, you know, going based off of energy of their peers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if parents and- aren't going to reprimand their kids and they the child mm-hmm. sees that their parent takes the other adult as a joke, then they're going to continue that. And these kids are fucking, these kids are smart, yo. Oh, they absolutely. know how to play you like a mother. So, I used to be a one-on-one para for a child that had autism. And that was probably, that was a job that I was like, all right, I have to get to this because this is my transition job. I went from a really dope position to, like, this position because I didn't think that really dope position was dope anymore. (laughs) So, I'm back to this position, but this position was also dope. And I learned so much. So, the child's parent came in and they were like, you know, they, they they do so much at home in terms of, like, they're not behaving, they're doing this, they're doing that. So it's like, how can we give parents the same type of resources that we're giving their kids in terms of their their um, their day-to-day, mm-hmm. what's it called? Um, not tasks. agenda? Not agenda, like their, their routines. Right. Routine is so important However, for children. there is a very big disconnect between, I find, between 
parents and education. A lot of the time, when parents drop their kids off at school, it's like, they're your problem. I've had parents literally oh, be yeah. like, they're your problem now. And I'm like, okay, so then at 5 o'clock when you pick them up and they become your problem again, you better listen to the shit they put right. me through today and something better be done when they get right. home. Right, because they ain't coming back like but, that tomorrow. Yeah, so I have parents that are like, oh, but when they're here, they're they're great. I've had parents, it goes either way. It's like, oh, when they're at home, they're great. When they're here, there's problems. When they're here, they're great. When we're at home, there's problems. And it's like, you cannot just expect that we are going to be there with them every step of the way. Yeah, like in the summer we run full days, and yeah, we do see your child more than you see them throughout the day. But Which you is can't. So sad in parenting. Right? Yeah. Like, but you <sighs> can't. I've had I've had children that I've literally listened to outside my office cry to be like, oh, this is what I did say, moms, and the and the parent or mom or dad are on the phone like, okay, tell me later, like, and they're on the phone, uh, they no. like gossiping with their friends, especially in the in the Latin, Latinx community, like we're so dismissive. And it, it, it's it's oh my god, that's, that's the thing is that I, like you said earlier on in the episode, like breaking those generational right. curses, you know, having those conversations. Now as an adult, I'm having those conversations with my own mother. She's sixty three, I'm twenty six, and I'm like, ma, I don't like the way that you speak to me i don't like the way that your, your tone of voice is when we're having a conversation it's very dismissive it's very judgmental and it makes it very hard to have a conversation with and you. their response this generation is so sensitive. no it's not even that it's not even that and, and i'm like, like my oh. favorite my favorite my fucking favorite is that's how i've always been so there's no room for growth right. there's no room for change you're telling me that you're so set in your ways that you can't listen to me but then i watch them with my little cousins two three I, five years yeah. old Rabinito. it's a whole different world out this bitch they trip and fall they all scooping them up and i'm like nah nah <laughs> let them stay down <laughs> get the fuck out of here they get them go, hey. you know yeah. what i'm saying but there's there's such a disconnect and again like like i'm saying it Parents really think that, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but parents literally are like, oh, they're your problem now, but then when I have to call you and inconvenience your day and you got to take time off from work because we have to sit now and have a parent-teacher conference based off of the behavior you chose to ignore mm -hmm. time and time again. I'm a very patient person. Mm -hmm. I understand that these kids need to be met where they're at. I can't just expect them to hop, skip, and jump mm -mm. to where I need them to be. Let me help lead them. But mm -hmm. if I'm only leading them with three, four hours of the day, but you have them for eight hours, there's a disconnect. Now, how do we have that conversation so that there's consistency within their day? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time it's like, well, you're the teacher. No, actually, I'm not their teacher. You are their teacher. You are the first person they meet when they enter this world. At conception, motherfuckers. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So you can't expect... And then it's like, I try to tell people, yo, there's one teacher to 30 kids. That ratio so, is crazy. That's a crazy Because when you go ratio. home, your ratio is going to be like, if you have mad kids, all right, you got seven kids. One adult. Give me seven kids. We be lit in seven kids. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be controlled, cool, calm, and motherfucking collected. You better, okay? You preach, sis. You better preach. Uh-uh. And it's, it's just that parents, a lot of the time when... Parents do come in to have those conversations. It's like, well, what are you doing? Right. How is my kid going to do X, Y, and Z? And it's like, first of all, I'm on your side. Right. I care for your child. I may not provide for your child the way you provide for your child, but, but I care. Mm -hmm. So let's show them that we are a united front so that they know that they have people that what? Care right. and want to see them succeed. You can't come up in here all up in arms talking about eh, 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 and what are you doing and my kid this, my kid that. <laughs> of course, you're the one with the money. Your kid's gonna act accordingly when I want the new J's. They want the new iPad. They want the new right. iPhone. You're They're the gonna boss. Act accordingly. You're the one that 
but know, I'm the, a lot of the that. time, me and my staff are the punching bags. Right. We get the kids when they're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. We give them to you after we solve the problem. Right, right, you're right. welcome. Because right. <laughs> you're the middle ground. You're the after school. Oh, they don't understand. After school is another entity. After school is a whole really situation. That's a whole beast right there. Like, it takes a the kid had a of ho- person. You got to know, like, all right, what's the cal? It's March. All right, MCAS is from here to here. We know that kids w- will be tired mm-hmm. from this time. To- <laughs> like, you have to calculate or it in a way where it's they bus for 30 you. minutes and they got out of school at 2. They didn't get here until 4. You know what I'm saying? So they cranky. They fell asleep. Now they're up. I got to have some Cheez-Its on deck. You know what I'm saying? I am absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I am checking out. I'm checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Or they know that their teacher called home because of something that happened in school, so they're already in a shitty ass mood when and they get to the program. It out on you. you know, you better say that. But again. then I also feel like we need to incorporate what we're doing after school, during school. So I, uh, one of the questions you guys asked earlier is like, what does um, education look like now? And to me, what I wish it looked like was more intergenerational mentoring and healing and where you see more like high school students with middle school students and middle school students mentoring little children. And like, there's just that like something to look forward to. And I know like in Lawrence High with the whole separation of like lower school and upper school, lower school kids don't really get to witness what upper school feel like until they get to upper school. So instead of like, oh, I have this really dope mentor, I'm a, I'm a freshman, I have this really dope mentor that's a junior and they're doing this and they're doing that it's like well i'm not gonna know what it's like to be a junior until i get to junior year and that's so problematic so so the good is that we know all of the issues like we see that like they're clear as day and now now it's like all about initiatives and Mm -hmm. now it's like the trial and errors and just making sure um for us you know that we know that there are going to be those failing points, but mm-hmm. just pushing through it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like now we get set in one initiative and one agenda and we just go plow through it, even though it's failing. Autopilot. And I think it's just so bad. And I think that seeing this model now, like there definitely needs to be some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I want to like touch upon that you guys also, um, I don't think you've asked this in terms of if you can change anything in the education system right yeah. now, what would you do? Um, I would definitely like to see a lot more. The key word for me is choice. Sorry, guys. Choice? Yeah, choice. Like, let's create some classes and let's talk about some, like, like, Corona. I cannot. (laughs) Corona-ish. Nah, I got the Heineken. Yeah, let's go. I hate you guys so much right now. Um, But just, like, classes on, like, climate justice, you know, Mm. Classes on on healing, classes on things that you're actually interested in. Where classes on financial stability, Ooh, yes. financial literacy. What but the heck is a loan? Understanding <laughs> the economic uh, culture that we Dead live ass. in. Understanding credit. Those mm-hmm. are. The, I feel like there's so many classes that are just being brought up because they they're thinking that's what we need. But um, with with times changing, with teenagers changing, education needs to change mm-hmm. as well. Be hint there. I have never adapt. used the Pythagorean theorem a day in my motherfucking life. You know, Someone and, and should have taught cool. me what credit was. If you, if you go mm-hmm. into an uh, ac- academy that, that um, specializes in that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what happened to, um, I forgot the class that it was, like home study or home ec. Home ec. Home ec. So like, what happened to things like that? I learned how to make mac and cook. cheese. So many people don't know I how to cook. So... Into their 20s and they're like, you know, I've never been taught how to make, you know, uh, mac and cheese. And that's because your, your mother's cooked for you your whole life. Like, I was cooking at 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, my mother was I like, you're that. old enough to mm-hmm. walk, make yourself some soup, some hot dogs. 
some boiled eggs, some, but things like that. I think we need in more in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, cultural pre, you know, cultural appreciation, appreciation. Um, learning about your history, not just American history, learning mm-hmm. about Puerto Rican history, Dominican. But history. The, these white people will be quick to be like, "You're in America. You're this in is, America. This is yeah, what but... this is what you're learning. This is what you came here right. for. It's, all it's the, hard. All, all of here. the information Trust, oh, we've I been bet, fed about this country is literally and that's lies. that's the major mm-hmm. thing is that. There's American history and then there's the real American history mm-hmm. that we're not being told about. Mm-hmm. And that we find out when we're in the They tell you all this patriotic or, bullshit. You know, and no. it's like, yeah, America was great and this guy found this and this. You yeah, can't find something that What about existed. the people that we killed? What about the, the, the genocide that, we took that took over? place? Plymouth yeah. Rock. Let's talk about what really happened at Plymouth Rock. Let's talk about how, like, um, indigenous people are still being taken of their lands to uh-huh. this day. Like, Hello. Oh let's, my God. Th- but, those but yeah, let's all wear headdresses at Coachella and act like we down. You know what I'm saying? Get those the fuck out of here. That, that, I mean, those are just topics that probably will never happen in, in our, our high schools, you know? Because they... But they, get, ha- they happen... Unless you have a really cool after-school program. Hey. But, no, listen, but they happen too, but it's like, let's say, during advisory... So it's not, it's not I used to have some focus. of my favorite conversations mm-hmm. happen in advisory and in passing in the hallways mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then it sucked because it's like, oh, we'll revisit it tomorrow. I'm not mm-hmm. going to have the same energy to talk about it tomorrow. Like, how yeah. do you professionalize this entire conversation to a point where, like, this conversation is definitely education worthy? Mm-hmm. Like, this conversation needs to be But I think it starts, it starts with our boards. Mm-hmm. And it starts with changing those It sucks when your board's all white. On the board. And, are, and from the state. And uh, you know what? They're just old. They're white. They think... That things are a certain type of way because that's how it was for them in the seventies, in the sixties, in the fifties. All right, boomer. But we're not there no more. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're in the <laughs> we're in this generation where things just do have to change. They will not give us the power to fix our credit to understand that because if we all had great credit, where where would they get they make their money? Oh, from? didn't they just put up the freaking points too? So everybody was good and now didn't they just clear? Didn't they just clear the uh, the health insurance in the snap of a finger? Mm. They just cleared due it. Due to coronavirus, right? Due to coronavirus, but still, we're in debt. You know, so it just goes to show you like how they have us just literally like this. Or that, yeah. or the, the tip of their finger. Yeah. The, the beginning of the year when it was like, oh, we're going to war, and they put whatever trillion dollars. Yeah, you had two. And it's like two it's, bi- it's like more than the student debt that we're to in. To clear everything, but you needed this much. So the, but those are the things that we're not teaching the youth, so that they're not understanding, so that right. when they get older and they get into the system, they are the worker bees. Mm-hmm. They are the ones who are just gonna work for the rest of their life, like. Our parents did. Our parents just work and they thought, you know, I can never speak up to my boss. I would lose my job. I can never, mm-hmm. you know, but nobody has ever told me. You were literally them, like, taught to grin and bear it. Like, yeah, exactly. Smile away. I had, I had that realization away. when I was um, my first year teaching and I had to debate whether, like, to do code switching with them, like, to teach them how to code switch. I was coming at, I, w- I started teaching at 21 years old and I taught high school. You know, I teach high school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people looked at me crazy, like, you're working with such younger kids. And I'm like, you don't understand. I just came from college. I know the world that they are about to step into. Mm. But do I want to educate them based on that world or just having them, you know, change it? So right now with my my seniors, I'm going to start having more discussions around, you know, what is life going to be like now that you are in school? Yeah, and and in the college campus, too. And not even in a college campus, in the world. The The real conversation about it, you know. Not just what the pamphlet tells right. you. I think going 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 off of that and like in terms of what's to be expected in college. When I was in school, it was there was such a negative 
stigma as to going to a community college. Like oh. it was like go to a four year university. And then all my this, friends that went to community you, college saved that money. That, got that, you know what I'm saying? I was so oh jealous. Oh my god! And I'm just like. I, like, I remember filling out my college application, doing the FAFSA, doing the Common App, and being like, I have to get into a four-year university. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, because I don't want to be stuck in Lawrence. I don't want to be stuck with the same people. Que si lo otro. And now I preach to my younger staff, like, yo, if you don't have it figured out right now, just take your Common Core classes at NECO. Yep. Do what you got to do. Save that money. Mm-hmm. And then in the last two years, and when you get your associates, yeah. boom, you That's can go to college. That's the best way to do it. You can I wish somebody would have told me If I can go back, I would of, cut my debt in half. A lot of these that was programs the that offer free college, like, for instance, Starbucks, um, I, I asked them about, about free college because that was what they were promoting. You know, mm-hmm. like, We're offering free college. We pay everyone back. There's, there's ways around it. Like, mm-hmm. they... They want you to do exactly just that. Did you take your, your what is it, liberal arts? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, like your basic math in college and in, in, mm-hmm. in college. And did you get the credits for that so that you can transfer over and mm-hmm. we can see where you're... So like, or, or you have to put up $3,000 up front and we'll pay like, you Are you almost done with back. school? We'll pay for, the, for like one class. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. So what? it's like, people would be like, would come to Starbucks and join Starbucks. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't really work like that. It's like, like the they're military. not gonna just give Nigga, you free it's like college. The you also gotta work forty hours or thirty hours mandatory. You got like there's just a way around it, but they just promote yeah. free college. Starbucks will pay for your college. That's what they promote. Wow. But kids don't know that, so they come there and then they spend a year scrubbing floors, doing all this, and you're mm-hmm. like, I keep telling them like, that's not how it's gonna work. <laughs> yeah. And then when they find out, they're like, bro. No that's one told so me, and I'm like, horrible. I told you, oh. I told you after your year. They're going to ask you to put money up front. Then they reimburse you. That's how they technically pay for it. Which in reality, you pay for it. Right. I actually worked with someone that that happened to. They were like, oh, we want to give you this position, but you have to have this degree in order for that to happen. So that person went out and got the degree, and she was told that it was going to be covered per per, um, the job. And she's, you know, they're sitting at X amount of debt because that actually was not the case. And she, like... But their even, due diligence wasn't done. Even so now they're sitting in debt and it's if, like oh, the yeah. higher ups want to brag about like, oh, they did this program that we offer and Shodi's sitting there like, uh, no, I'm paying out of pocket for this shit. Right. Like, oh, there's so many that. people. But even with even even mm-hmm. courses in high school that pertain to job hunting, pertain to how to properly fill out a resume. I don't know if those classes happen. I learned all of that through Valley Works. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never learned none of that in high school. Yeah, no, we have some really good programs on that, but it's just, again, so many students. Yeah, and so Lawrence, Lawrence is getting like a huge amount of money coming in from the state. And uh, we are, Lawrence High School is getting a new headmaster, so they're currently doing the search for it. And there's mm. two finalists. So there's a lot of changes that are happening. But at the same time, it's like you have to be cognizant of what needs to be changed, you know? And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're just overpopulated. There's too many of us, too many of us, and there's not a lot of resources for us. Andover got it right. North Andover High. Andover High. <laughs> North Andover Library. Andover Library. Like, no, I'm we saying, need a North Lawrence, that, North, 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 There's just North Lawrence High School, too, South Lawrence High School. Saying? That's mm-hmm. how it should have been. But no, but like now the old Lawrence High School is like, oh, you don't have enough credits? Boom, we get you're kicked out of the new Lawrence High. You have to go there. And it's a fucking joke. Like, I can leave to go on my lunch break and see all these kids just wandering the streets. I'm like, aren't your motherfuckers supposed to be in school? Like... What is that? Yo, you know my theory, honestly, this is not going to start sound as intelligent, but this is my theory. When it went to choosing the location for this damn high school, 
when I came in from Connecticut and I was like seeing this, I was like, why are you guys doing these six buildings? This is so weird. But across the street, you have the fast food restaurants and mm-hmm. you have the plaza. And, you and cannot, the project. You cannot tell me that these business owners weren't like, oh, you know, a high school? No, we don't want that here. Of course you want it here. That's where all your customers are. So many kids get dragged into going to the plaza, going to Dunkin' Donuts, going to Wendy's. That's go, girl. Talk, that's come a whole other like. Mm. I just be trying to preach to these kids about being fit. I ain't even fit, but I just be telling them like, <laughs> yo, it starts at your age. Cause at your age, I was fit. Mm-hmm. I was doing what I needed to do, and y'all just eating all this junk food and crap. And that's a whole other. So we're setting them up for failure because look at where we place the school itself. Like, yeah. what are we nurturing them? Also, also the transportation. You know, think about the kid that lives all the way up Broadway Street on the borderline of Methuen near Brown Street, <laughs> who has. She Yo. was that kid that lived all Yo. the way in Bentley. I was a tower milk kid. I was that okay, uh-huh. and you know the uh-huh. struggle. The struggle to get so to school. I, I didn't want to go to Methuen High And they ain't giving free bus lines. I chose to go to Lawrence High. <laughs> free bus lines. I was on the, my street if, was both the Methuen. Yep. If I wasn't in that car by six. 45, yep. my mama left my ass. Yep. So what the fuck happened to me and my sister? We had to walk 45 minutes to school. Thank God y'all were athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, it was like already 70 degrees at 7 o'clock in the morning and we right. have all our gear for softball practice. We had to walk 45 minutes oh. to get to school. But you know the attitude now is that you have kids in the same situation and they're like, like oh, I'm they're not going to school. Exactly. No. And with good reason, right? Like when I first came in, I lived around like Mount Vernon. Our house was getting foreclosed so I got to see that little beautiful pool for like two months. Mm. But I had to walk to school. I was so tight. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? You guys don't have a bus for me. Like, this is this was far. There wasn't buses at the time. Or the oh bus would be mad early yeah. or madly. Uh-uh. Back then. I have a I have a, a dancer who dances with us. And she literally lives down the street from Movement City. And she says the school is too far. It's over the bridge. And I'm like, it's a literally a 25-minute, 30-minute walk. Yeah. She's like, I just don't go out every day because it's too far. Wow. Yeah. How crazy. But I mean, how? For, for, for me, the incentive was, you know, you don't practice, you don't play. So if I didn't go to school that day, I couldn't play the next right. day. And that was like my driving right. force. I was like, I have to be at school. I have fucking perfect attendance at high school. Up until I got suspended, we don't got to talk about that. <laughs> However, I had perfect attendance all four years of high school because I wanted to be at school. I wanted to practice. I wanted to be there. I had teammates. I had people that relied on me. But that's not the same sentiment that is given to kids today. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like oh, I guess I'll show up to practice today. Or maybe, I already told I, coach I couldn't make it, or I couldn't this, I couldn't that. Like, there were times where this, like, on for volleyball practice, when the buses weren't running because it was a holiday, it was like a Monday, mm-hmm. my sister and my cousin, we were walking. We got up at 6 o'clock in the morning, made sure we were all showered, dressed, had snacks packed. This was at 15 years old. We knew that we were going to be gone all day, that we had to walk across the fucking bridge from Methuen wow. to get to South Lawrence just to be at practice on time because... That's how invested we were in what we yeah. were doing. Yeah. But there's not, it's not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, we cannot continue to expect these things from kids when the world that they're not living in isn't built for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. With that being said, do you guys want to add anything else? <laughs> so my question to you guys is, like, how do you see your students responding to the fact that there is someone as their teacher that looks just like them? 
I think they subconsciously appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think they definitely be like, like they don't know that I'm a representation, but they already feel like they're at home. I'm right. the auntie, the big sister, mm. the friends, the, and I'm just like, yo, this is gonna happen. This, you know what I'm saying? Well, if ever I'm communicating a, a specific information that they would need to know for their resources and their development, mm-hmm. and something that I love to do with them is definitely tell them like I used to be in your shoes. I'm yep. from Lawrence. I graduated in, sorry, I graduated in like 2005, which is a long time ago from eighth grade and so on and so forth from Lawrence High in college and whatever. But I have your narrative. I have your story. And like Mm -hmm. my main purpose in life is to let you guys know that it gets better, (laughs) that there are resources in your city that can make you a better person, a more creative person, a a person with an idea and language for your idea. Um, so I think, I definitely think they appreciate it. Even if they're just like, hmm, what's this girl? I like her right. nails. Mm-hmm. Her hair's cute. Right. They start warming up. She cute. Yeah. <laughs> she <Don't>. whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that for me, especially because of all the issues that I've had to deal with, like when I came here, I used to live with my cousin, so I know what it, what it feels like and what it is to live with like 10 people in mm-hmm. like a t- three bedroom apartment right. and the sala is like you know a bedroom yep. <laughs> so like just like having my experiences going in and just like hearing some of the things that they're struggling with I'm able to offer a little bit of like some advice because of mm-hmm. the shit that I've gone through too and what I honestly love about it is that when they trust me because of you know we have similar cultures but also because we are people of color mm-hmm. like from my black students at Lawrence High School, I'm, I'm hearing a lot and like I'm listening to them. And to be honest with you, that is not a discussion that's being like taught or just had around racism and colorism that yeah, we have. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I just feel so bad because I'm finally able to, to kind of like talk to them about, you know, when people say the N word everywhere, like how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Or like when they are. You know, or just, like, when they are being talked to in a certain way, like, when Ebola was out, you know, I had some of them share how they were, like, just being ridiculed, you know, because of it, and just walking home and just, like, crying. This is when they were, like, in middle school. So it's just, like, trying to understand these issues, but me knowing that they're able to trust me because if it was any other teacher, especially ones that were not from the culture, it would just be just a closed door exactly. you know? and I feel like being from the culture we just know how to pick and choose our battles right like okay this kid is sad I'm not going to report that this kid is super depressed and that they're like you know hurting themselves and that they're this and that they're that because like we know that's gonna take them into a system that is not for them so mm. let's figure out how can we best support this child yeah, without them yeah. having to go through the system but also where they can go home and they can feel healed or they can feel empowered to like communicate yeah, with their I parents have... in a specific way or like move a different way so that they can just but be more that, successful that's why representation in certain areas like being a guidance counselor is very mm. important because Yo. you know to make those calls like I have a really good connection with a guidance counselor it's mm. like they well, for me, they have the most difficult jobs on campus because mm-hmm. they have to deal with social emotional. They have to deal with scheduling. They have to deal with so many with things. With parents on a way see. that teachers don't have to yeah. deal with parents. Yeah, and then like you could have honest conversations with them and they have honest conversations with students and they build a plan, you know, around the best needs they might have. All right. Well, that was a very enlightening conversation. Thank yes, you guys for being a part of that. I learned a lot. Um, I think... It's fair to say that we still have a lot of growth to do with education in this city. Um, It's like you said earlier, we know the problems and now we need to figure out how to fix it. Um, But I don't, I'm not in the high school, so I don't really know, you know, if you guys are making moves for that, but it sounds like you guys kind of are. 
Yeah. And I'm so here for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, if only we can just push. You know what I was thinking too? Like after school programs about financial, uh, you know, financial help and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I feel like some kids would be interested in that. Yeah. And that triggered an idea in my head. Yeah. And I know the I'm Lawrence Public Library. A seed that I'm planting to y'all. Yeah. You're in- mm-hmm. <laughs> Lawrence Public Library definitely has programs they on do? financial literacy yeah. on Saturdays. Yeah. Um, but like getting that information out. Because I'm just learning about that right, right. now. Right. And I work down the street so from the library. Just give you guys that information. And hopefully like that could be. Because pro- so many people listen to this podcast. So yeah. hopefully that will amp people up to like. Yes, please. You know, I feel like it's it's so weird. Use that resource. Where it's like as a Latino community, we literally can spread information so fast about mm-hmm. certain things, but when it like they actually matter, right? Oh, that's a conversation man. to have. Like there's whole surveys out. But that's why Sofrito speaks offers ad space. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to get in on this, but we're gonna go ahead and close this Caldero talk out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's head over to our next section, which is. A reposar. Yes, 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 yes. It's finally the last section of our episode. Yes. This episode with our two lovely leads, our two lovely guests. Um, we're going to start off with some affirmations. Y'all already know how we do this, Reposal. Uh, my affirmation for this week is actually something that I read online a little bit, a little while ago, and it kind of pertains to a lot of situations going on right now. And it is some situations just have to close without closure. Ooh, wow. And I feel like this, I had a conversation last week with someone about, you know, old friendships and old friends and stuff like that. And that was like what I had just said to him, like. I don't need to explain it. I don't need an explanation. I don't need an apology. Everything just needs to stay exactly where it's at. I'm good where I'm at. I'll wait from across the field. We'll have a great day. Mm. We're moving forward. We're not paying attention to anything that ha- that you know already happened that is not serving me. So that's where I land with that. What about you, Nines? Any affirmations? Um, like I said earlier in the episode, like understanding that if someone, you know, crosses a boundary being okay with speaking up for yourself and you don't have to do it in a very disrespectful way there are sound and very professional ways that you can go about that but understanding that you do not have to keep your mouth shut just because someone crossed a boundary Mm. and feeling like oh i'm gonna go about this in a bad way so i can't have this conversation take a second think about what you want to say put your thoughts together so that way going forth you won't have to feel uncomfortable in certain situations because you've already addressed it. Now, when they still cross you, you must check them. Now you gotta check their asses, but understand <laughs> that it is okay to give the fair warning. And if after the warning they want to keep the shit up, then you come with the shits. Let's go. <laughs> what about you, ladies? Well, I think that for me, I just need to keep in mind this week that no matter what happens with like negative Nancys or you know just crazy events going on in school like i have to remember that my team and i the slam team we are trying to be wicked loud for this wicked loud poetry festival so i just putting all the energy into that and just all the positivity and just making sure you know that they don't crack this week so i'm gonna hold up my girls and they're gonna Mm. hold me up because Mm. you know we're just gonna get this done that's important that's needed that's Mm -hmm. needed so i don't know if my affirmation is about the week but i could put an affirmation for our year i kind of have like a community affirmation and then like a self-affirmation go off you better let them so my community affirmation is that this year will bring beautiful and creative energies um 2020 let's go okay pisces season is off to a good start with all these like artists coming through with all this music okay okay 
Janaiko, yeah, Megan the Stack. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> Sugar. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Chilombo. Okay. Goodbye. It's a vibe this season. Um, and then my personal affirmation is that this year I will create and deliver. I don't know how Ooh. that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Create and deliver. I love that. Mm. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, any shoutouts? I got a shout out, Shakira. Shakira, stay showing love to us. Jenny, stay showing love to us. Yay. Jenny Gaga, stay showing love to us. Stay reposting us. Um, do you ladies have any shout outs? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I want to shout out all the people who bought my t-shirt <laughs> last uh, Tuesday. Yo, I sold five t-shirts, bro. Like, that's amazing for me. My sweater didn't do so well, but my t-shirts did well. There will be a new t-shirt released each month with a new quote. So, y'all already know. Be on the lookout for that. And we still have the Sofrito Speaks t-shirt going out. You know what I'm saying? Show some love. We trying to raise some funds so we can do some future activities with the brands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, What about you, ladies? Well, for the LHS Slam team, we have the preliminary weekends coming up. So if you find yourself at Emerson College or anywhere in Boston, you know, you can come up, pull up. We have um, the Slam team is performing. Um, we're competing, actually, at uh, 12 p.m. on um, Saturday and then at 1 p.m. on Sunday. I hope I got these times right. But, yeah, you can also but check us out. I, I was about to say, what's the Instagram so they can check it out? Enhanced Voices. That's Enhanced Voices. And Instagram. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my shout out goes to my job, which is also um, my purpose right now. Um, and over Breadloaf, we have a um, children's conference, writers conference. It's kind of like I don't know if I want to call it a writers conference because it's like a movement and mindfulness conference for children. Um, and that's going to be March 28th. The title of it is Be Happy, Be Healthy. Hey. Um, we will be at the Boys and Girls Club. And we're looking for grades 2 to 5. So if you just want to pull up and like drop off your kid real quick. I got you, bro. On I got them. I got, on a, Saturday, on a Saturday. We got lunch for them at 1130. And you guys um, are providing transportation? We are providing transportation. Knowledge. Yes. Um, but it's like. Two way or one way? So like, it's two way. So like, if you're if you're if your child goes to um so far our organizations are YDO YMCA um and CC puede. So if your children go to those programs, they will automatically have free transportation. Um, so definitely make sure that they are signed up for those transportation opportunities. And this uh, conference is hosted by keynote Nate Baez. Yes, amazing, Nate. amazing, amazing, amazing person, local artist, rapper, poet, philosopher. If you know him, you know him. If you mm-hmm. don't get to know him, because he is just uh, he's a gift to our city, I yep. think. Um, and this uh, program will also be host uh, facilitated by Movement City. Um, and over Brello Fighting Leaders um, and Boys and Girls Club Youth. So definitely pull up if you are from that area. Also, um, the next day for adults, <laughs> 18 plus, we have a brand development um, workshop happening at Elevated Thought on 15 Union Street um, with Empos. Uh, Stephanie Munoz is the CEO of Empos, and she will be hosting those workshops um this specific workshop will work more about like the beginning of your brand what is your idea so like if you're it it really goes from people who are like like i think i want to go further with the brand that i already have and then all the way to the spectrum of like i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) i think i want to be cool and start a podcast or i think i want to be cool and start something 
but I have no idea. So Stephanie is amazing and will definitely, with her insight, bring you guys a lot, a lot of wisdom. That's happening from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Again, 15 Union Street um, at Elevated Thought. Yes. So these local events. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. What about you, Nina? Uh, for shout-outs, we actually got a couple new followers. So shout-outs to the people who were on the trip with me, who were a little apprehensive about the shit that I was about to say about the trip that I just went on. You know what I'm saying? I tried to keep it cool, classy, calm, and collected, but you know what? Y'all know me. Life. Um, but yeah, we actually uh, got a couple, got some new followers in the people that I went on this trip with. So shout out to y'all for following and for believing in what I'm doing and understanding that it was all love. I always got to put a comedic twist on my shit, but understand that I will always talk about my experiences. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So there's some beauty to know that there is maturity within a group of people that I just met for the first time and not taking anything that I may have said to heart, but understanding that that was my experience. And not trying to come at me because it was like, well, it should have been like this. That was my experience. You really can't tell me how to feel things. Um, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so we got a couple. We got new followers, um, and we also got a new follower. I want to Alice Pagrero. I don't know if I'm saying that oh, wrong yeah. or right, but she hit us up and let Una us know. Latina, um, she let us know like that she is going to be a new follower, a new listener, that she really enjoys yes. the space that we have created for these conversations to take She's place. She's a YouTuber, right? Is she? She's a YouTuber. Something she has like a YouTube that. channel. I haven't looked too deep into yeah. it. My bad, girl. I'm going to do better this yes, week. Yes, girl. Um, but yeah, so it's Let's just nice collapse. to know. It's Let's nice collapse. to know that um, our message is being heard and people are just now tuning in for the first time and, and really understanding what we're about and knowing that there is no harm in what we're doing, only healing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, that was, this is a powerful episode you right here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I this can't wait to play it powerful dynamic right here. We're going to need a part two. Know. Um, we're going to go ahead and close this out. So, go ahead and say goodbye. Let everyone know where they can find you. What's your Instagram? Yada, 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 you know. So my Instagram is retro, the word, R-E-T-R-O, underscore I, the word, E-Y-E. Um, that's all I got right now, but definitely look out for, you know, just future platforms for me to, again, uh, create and deliver. <laughs> and you're a writer? I am a writer. And a poet. And a, a spoken word artist. Okay, so y'all better go ahead and follow her yeah. for all the amazingness. What about you, boo? Okay, so from your favorite educator at Lawrence High School. Yes. Yay! <laughs> um, so I actually have two pages. One, definitely follow my club at Enhanced at Enhanced Voices on Instagram. And my other page is fairly new, so there really is, there's like one post, but I'm getting there. Um, it's called Write to Motivate. So write the number two, motivate. And I'll be posting just projects throughout the year, as well as like writings for my students and just motivational stuff and the dope stuff that's in their notebook that you don't get to see because their notebooks are closed off, but I'm going to open them Ooh, and show them to y'all. Yes. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that yes. out. Also, you guys could follow me, Janaris. Well, it's not really me, Janaris. It's Andover Brello at Voices of A. On both the Instagram platform and Facebook platform and Twitter platform. That's Voices of ABL. Sorry, y'all, if you're hearing all that interference. We got two little kitties running around. That's a Pluto and Luna, my Astro baby. Always. So, y'all already know who the fuck I am. My name is Ruzales and I'm blasting off. And it's your girl, Nina Montañez. Stay blessed, mi gente.
Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sofrito Speaks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sofrito Speaks to keep up with all of our latest content.